holy fuck, the NFL has done it again. The NFL has gone out and provided us with a beautiful five-course meal of topics to talk about today on our NFL Headline Happy Hour episode. Things from massive trades, massive free agent signings, and some definite controversy in the gambling industry. We got a lot of things to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen, the filter not include listeners. But before we do that, I got to mention our boy, Randy Reckner, Sarge, Sexy Rexy, has been pouring his heart out, trying to get more listens to his episode. He's currently at 30 right now, 30 listens. I've had six text messages from friends, family, dad's friends, all that, that have told me that it's the greatest episode we've ever recorded. The guy is pure joy and entertainment. So make sure you go check out that interview, share it with your friends and family. I'm going to make a personal guarantee. He's at 30 right now. We're recording this on Thursday night. If by next Friday he gets to 60 listens, I will personally do any sort of challenge requested by the fans and or Sexy Rexy. That's a guaranteed big screen sports promise. Let's get our boy at 60 listens because it is quite the handful. Brisson, you've heard the interview. You were part of it. Is that not a good guarantee? Twice the amount of listens we're at right now. I think that's a great guarantee. It's it's absolutely fucking hilarious. If if you thought what was in there was funny, you should hear some of the other stories we might be able to get Rexy to tell on the pod later on. It is incredible guy, incredible guy. So we're gonna start things off here this episode because we are not talking Rexy the whole time. We just need to give his little shout out. We're gonna talk here with the Seattle Seahawks, and boy, was there some things going on and some things possibly still to go on with that franchise. They started off by saying, you know what, we're going to trade our franchise quarterback, Mr. Russell Wilson, to the mile-high Denver Broncos. In return, also coming back to Seattle, or going to Denver, sorry, with uh, Russell Wilson, was two first-round picks, two second-round picks. No offense. Drew Locke, no offense. And Shelby. Yeah, linebacker, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's defensive. Edge rusher, I think. Harris? Yeah, Shelby Harris. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Obviously, a great start on the boss's part here, but was there anything else that came with Russell Wilson uh, that they got uh, in Seattle for that trade? Was there anything else other than that? Uh, Denver got a fourth as well as Russ. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Russell Wilson in fourth for two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder. Drew Locke, quarterback, no offense, tight end, and Shelby Harris, defensive lineman. That's a massive trade that blew up the NFL world. Rasan, I'm going to start things off with you. Seattle Seahawks are possibly rebuilding here. They get rid of their quarterback, Russell Wilson. What were your initial thoughts when you saw Russell Wilson in that beautiful bright orange jersey and all the Photoshop social media posts you saw? Uh, I mean, the thing that the thing that kind of, I think, stood out the most for me was what we'll be talking about in a few minutes. And that was the Aaron Rodgers signing because Rodgers signed. And I think it was two hours later. The steal was just just magically done. So as much as the um, both teams, general managers claim that it had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers, it had everything to do with that. So I thought, you know, it's it's tough as a. I, I like the Seahawks. I want to see them do well because, I mean, that's the only NFL game I've ever been to. Incredible atmosphere, incredible people, you know. But I found it hilarious that the Seahawks posted that uh, meme from Lost with Wilson and the guys laughed, lost on the raft. Um, and then they had to delete that. But then they also posted a three-minute video for 
Bobby Wagner, who was who was later released in the same day. So it's it's a sad situation. I mean, if I'm another team, they're already oh, fuck me. It's cast away too. God damn it, Brock, leave this in, please. <laughs> oh Christ! Well, I'm the you know, guy. Sorry. No, you're right, Gav. The last thing I was gonna say, if you're another team, you're looking at DK and you're looking at Blitzboy because those are assets the Seahawks do not want to probably hang on to right now through this rebuild. It's going to be another two, three years, and then DK is going to be out of his entry-level contract. So, yeah, I'll pass it off to Eric Westman, the myth, the man himself, while I try to mentally recover from fucking up Lost and Castaway. I mean, it's all good, Matt. We've all been there. I mean, you've been staring at a screen for 16 hours today, so who, who blames you, but... I absolutely agree with you. I mean, this trade had everything to do with Aaron Rodgers being re-signed to the Packers. I mean, Denver was always in a hunt for QB if that were, if they're going to draft one or if they're going to try to trade for one or sign one. So it's a huge, huge gain for Denver. I, I, I'm looking at this. Who wins this trade like in the next two, three years? Does, does Seattle win it with the picks? I mean, Drew Locke isn't going to be the quarter starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. I do not see that. I see them at ninth overall looking at a couple QBs on their board. But this – will Russell Wilson produce in Denver? I mean, looking at the roster they got already, it's Jerry Judy. Uh, you have KJ Hamler over there as well. Yeah, he was a fourth receiver. Uh, who's the other – Cortland Sutton. I mean, those are two pretty good wideouts. So, and they got a backup tight end. I forget his name. It's a super hard name to pronounce. So, I'm probably not something. Yeah. So, yeah. Between yeah, between the Wilson and Wagner. Yeah, between the Wilson and Wagner news here with Seattle. What was one that intrigued you the most? Uh, you know, obviously with cutting a player or trading him, which one stood out to you the most? Well, definitely Russell Wilson because. <clears throat> Like, he was 100% in trade talks over the past year or so because of his falling out with Pete Carroll. Um, I didn't believe that he was going to get traded because you don't see franchise quarterbacks who've won a Super Bowl get traded like Russell Wilson. So, in hindsight here, I'm just glad he didn't go to the Washington Commanders, which um, was the initial rumor because Washington did send an offer for Russell, for Russell Wilson. I'm glad he's on in my division. I'm glad he's over there in the AFC West now, and I'm excited to see what he does over there. Yeah, another name that the uh, Seattle Seahawks have as well is Mr. Tyler Lockett, who uh, Russell Wilson loves throwing his patented uh, moon ball to him in Seattle. So I think the one thing, obviously, after breaking down the trade and what they each team got for uh, in this trade, I believe the other thing that'll be fun to watch in that compact, tight AFC West division will be that moon ball sailing through the mile-high city of Denver. I think that'll be something that that'll be some fun stat cast type statistics that'll come up with that. But Westman, we've been talking about the AFC West division. Let's break it down. We got Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, the boy, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. How do you see this division turning out? Well, the chiefs are, are going to be competitive. Like always. I mean, they're a powerhouse. The chargers just got Khalil Mack. So, I mean, with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on both edges, that's, that's fucking scary to see if you're a quarterback or left or tackle fucking trying to guard that. I mean, I think the Raiders will be quiet, but, you know, they they got a good squad with Max Crosby on that D side, and Derek Carr can do just enough. But the Raiders are really depleted, so I feel like they're going to be making some big moves during free agency. And um, 
what's the last team in that division? Oh, Denver. But Denver, they're new acquirers. I mean, they can be sneaky. I mean, they got a good back Javante Williams. Fuck, they could be – that division's going to be tight. I mean, that's the newest division to fucking watch every fucking week if it wasn't already. Yeah, that, that's going to be a very good division. And maybe I'll throw, I'll throw this to you, Gav, because I know we were kind of chatting earlier about some of this stuff. But, you like, a lot of these teams – like, I think we've seen a fair amount of trades and moves so far this offseason. And it's mostly – it seems like it's involving more picks than usual. Do you think the Rams model to win a championship of trade the picks, get the players, like, make an impact today as opposed to – a year two years from now do you think that is playing into some of these teams willing to go out there and spend more to get a quarterback or do you think that the this might also be a, a compounding factor with the draft not being as strong with the top quarterbacks i think i saw one uh was ranked at 34 malik willis i believe was his name that was where he was on the bpa's chart chart so it's well like it's a second round quarterback you're getting basically this year and you're going to be forced to take him in the first so do you think it's it's the draft or do you think it's just the draft picks are not valuable anymore. Um, I think the draft picks are valuable, but at the same time, you're still taking a gamble on a guy you haven't seen at the NFL level, right? So I think if you have a shot to get a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson by trading away your picks that you might not know will turn out, you take that 10 times out of fucking 10. You take that chance, you get Russell Wilson, and you, you ship those picks over to Seattle. You figure out the rest down the road. So maybe here's a good question for you, Brock. Like, Gav raised a good point there that like a bad draft pick or a draft pick doesn't turn out that you use this very very high could fuck you like could you make this argument about Tua the Dolphins draft were a very good team they drafted Tua Tua hasn't turned out the way that they thought he was the way that he was in college I believe wasn't hip surgery he had or something that was very skeptical that he would ever return to the same thing so like what do you think about that Brock like is this a good example of what you should do as opposed to ending up with a, something like Tua because the Dolphins are already like they're fucked now. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. Like we've talked about on the podcast before, you know, less needs famous fuck the picture. Denver said, you know, whatever the general manager's name is, couldn't come up with the name of it. Uh, you know, he's saying fuck the picks. He's sending them all to Seattle in terms of Russell Wilson. That's a team that's needed quarterback for a while. You know, the team that's featured Teddy Bridgewater, and a few other names that we probably can't even come with soberly right now uh, prior to Peyton Manning being the quarterback there. So uh, Denver, I appreciate them. I respect them going out and saying, fuck the picks and as many as you can, obviously it's a pretty good value there for Denver to saying the picks, but I think it's one of those in Seattle's case. Like if you're, I think it's very tough to rebuild in the NFL. Like there's teams that still are doing it. You know, some teams it's figured out in one or two years, some take four or five, you know, John Schneider and the Seahawks, they got to, a true test here. They got lots of lower round, a couple of mid round ones. That's maybe they trade some of those picks for a, a free agent that nobody's even thought about, but I think it's one of those, those picks obviously are what they got back and what they do with those picks will determine kind of the certainty of the franchise for the next kind of three, five, six, seven years. So I think it's a big deal. Last thing I have here on the Seahawks and we'll move on to another main headline. So here's a trivia question for you guys. Uh, or not a trivia question, I guess it's just a fact. Did you guys know that Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson were taken in the same draft, second and third round, respectively? Really? I don't know that. And I, but the one thing I, idea. the one thing I did know about Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, they're the last. They were the last two players on the Seattle Seahawks team that were part of that Super Bowl team. Other than Pete Carroll, but yes, <laughs> but yes, players. Yeah. yeah, that's so sad, man. It's it's got to like. 
the 12th man is truly I don't want to talk about Bengals right now, but like that's going to be like the day that we trade Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, <laughs> so you guys better call someone for me because I'm going to be in a horrific place. Yeah, you've been in a horrific place for years. You're on peak mountain right now in terms of being at a Super Bowl. And then you're already thinking five to 10 years down the line as a Bengals fan, being like, I can't wait for it to be just as bad again. But uh, Bobby Wagner taken in the second round, Russell Wilson taken the third. Uh, the Seahawks will save $16.6 million in cap space by cutting Wagner. And Russell Wilson is still in a four-year, $140 million deal in Denver. So I'm sure there's going to be no uh, extension or contract put in place I there. Think- the one thing though, like that the Seahawks did do right by Bobby Wagner is they cut him before uh, the new league year. So he yep. could be now he's a free agent. And so he gets a head start on free agency right now, where every other one, every other, everyone else has to, has to wait another week. So, I mean, not that I, I you never want to be released, but at least they did what they could to not fuck over their guy. So. No, that's a, that's a classy, that's a classy organizational move. A guy who is an all pro multiple times and, you know, he was a heart of that defense for so many years, and that's that's a classy move. And I'm sure whatever team snaps him up for whatever price, I'm sure they'll be pretty happy with what they get. So uh, moving on to the next story, one of the more intriguing ones that uh, we've talked about numerous times on this podcast, Mr. Aaron Rodgers reuniting with the Green Bay Packers. Now, my favorite part about the story, I'll say it right now, there's a lot to unfold here with the story. I'll let you guys talk about kind of what intrigued you the most. But for me personally, the story, the, the – uh, avenue of this story that you know just made me laugh and giggle because rogers is notorious for it is you know they announced that it's a four-year 200 million dollar deal and within i'll say hours he comes out and announces that that's not correct the number he is signing a contract he hasn't signed one yet the numbers aren't there so he's already he's already kind of coming back on that four-year 200 million dollar deal that's just such an aaron Rodgers thing to do guys going to be the highest paid player in the nfl likely and he's already reneging the numbers that were tweeted out by the Ian Rappaports and Adam Schefter's Gav. You see Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, that poor uh, NFC division there with the Bears, Vikings, and the Lions. What are your what were your thoughts here when you first saw that Aaron Rodgers was in fact staying in Green Bay? Well, first things first, I'm I am uh, kind of feeling it for Jordan Love here. The guy's gonna have like a great beer by the time he gets to start in Green Bay. Um, but on another note, um, I was honestly surprised. But then I seen the tabloids of Aaron Rodgers. He uh, he broke up with Shylon Woodley, and I think she wanted out of Green Bay. Hot take, bold take, but the divergent girl is out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, and I think that is the reason for it. Jesus, I did not see that. I didn't even put those together. <laughs> I think you might have you might have hit something there that that he, he didn't he didn't want you to find so <laughs> that's that's insane but no i agree i i didn't i kind of wanted to see part of me wanted to see him leave because i want to watch the world burn and part of me wanted him to stay just because i don't know it's it's just nice to see guys play their entire year and put entire career with the same team like i fucking hate ben roethlisberger but like seeing that guy in a different jersey like every time i think of him it's gonna be in the black and gold so at least he's probably going to do that. Like you said, Brock, he reneged on how much money he was actually getting. But I think my favorite part of this story, and then I'll pass it to you, Westy, is I just like to see that he put that entire division back in purgatory for another four years. Like back-to-back MVPs, he's just dummying teams in there. And now you have another four years. Like there was that viral clip going around with that that old grandpa, and he got told and told that Aaron Rodgers resigned for four years. 
And I think he was a Bears fan. And you could just see his his heart get ripped out. And the guy was 90 fucking years old. So <laughs> in, in, insanity, insanity. But what, Westy, what was your favorite part or the least favorite part of this signing? I think my favorite part was Aaron Rodgers going through his, what was it, his his decision-making process. I mean, to put your, his body through what he did to come up just to stay is just, I, I mean, I probably could have went to the bar four days in a row, got absolutely wrecked up, and probably still would have had the same decision as Aaron Rodgers. So Yeah, it's true, and it probably would have been healthier for your body based on the things we read out in the one podcast on what was involved in the Panchakarmic lens. I can't believe I actually remember what that was called. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that he's just going to, you know, people are saying, well, he's got to win at least one more Super Bowl in those four years. Some people are saying he's not even going to be there all four years. Some people are saying he's not worth the money, things like that. But I don't know. I think it's just one of those that uh, I think that Packers fans are going to keep going through this. We're the best team in the league. Then they get to the playoffs and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, now that he's getting paid rough. I mean, it's not confirmed yet. I believe it's roughly $50 million a year. I'm sure uh, it's going to be one of those that Aaron Rodgers can be like, well, I don't have people around me to protect me or to help me out or a bad defense and all that, and it's going to be, well, buddy, you're making $50 million a year. What did you expect? Like, you're working with nothing. So, uh, Gav, what are your thoughts? Well, also kind of based on that, too, um, I think the Chiefs had fans are just saying a prayer to God right now, too, because if they would have lost Aaron Rodgers, obviously the sky would have been falling. But then uh, in retaliation to that, I think they would have lost Devontae Adams as well. So the signing of Aaron Rodgers, keeping him in Green Bay, also keeps Devontae Adams one of the best receivers in football. So... Shout out to you, Green Bay fans. You guys still are you're still going to win a few more football games with those yeah. two guys there. And I think here's another piece to kind of hit on there because, like Gav talked about, is like, or I forget who said it, but 50 million a year. So that's a lot of fucking money. And that's a large part of the cap. But I think the cap went up. I, that was released this week. I'd have to look this up and get back to you, fellas. But I think it was up 25 million over previous years. So, or 20 or 25, something like that. Because, like, obviously, COVID brought the salary cap down or, kept it stagnant maybe for a couple of years, I believe is probably the correct term, but like that type of jump, like what's the salary cap going to be in five years? Like that, obviously there's a market maximization where so only so many people in the United States and Canada and North America can watch and love NFL football and buy the tickets and buy the zone. If you're in Canada to watch all the games, like, so that's why I think that they're expanding overseas is that they're starting to see their customer base is being maximized. So they're starting to expand into other things like getting kids watching NFL football with the Nickelodeon zone or whatever it's called, the, watching people get slimed. I know Westy likes doing that, but that's on a completely different <laughs> website. So, oh, uh, oh, but that's, I think what they're doing is they're trying to integrate other people and grow this. So if they can successfully start growing into Europe and Germany and all those places overseas, then you start seeing the, the cap in 10 years could be 500 million. I wouldn't be surprised. It's just about maximizing how much money you can intake. And then that impacts the salary cap and players' salaries and so on and so forth. So Mr. Slime, what do you want? <laughs> Who? <laughs> you. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting what the, the guaranteed amount is, I think, 154. Does he does he end up playing that contract to fulfillment to actually earn 200 million? I honestly don't think so. If he doesn't like play in a Super Bowl in the next two years, I think they find a way to get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay because at the end, that contract is going to be so much money to actually afford to do anything else in that fucking roster. 
All right. Well, here's a here's a fun question. Talking about most highest paid player in the NFL at this moment. Well, not officially yet, but I'm sure soon in the few coming days it will be Aaron Rodgers. So here's a question for all of you guys. Prasan, I'll start with you. Highest, the next highest paid NFL player of all time. Uh, who is it going to be in this league? Christ, that's a very good question because Mahomes already got paid. Well, we're probably looking at like a Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow guy. It's got to be someone that's going to like the next person come off their ELC that it's going to sign a shorter term. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. My, the name I had was Justin Herbert, but yeah, Joe Burrow. I can see Gav. You got any names? Justin nice, Herbert, nice was Herbert was mine. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably one of those two guys. I think it's going to be because they, they're the same draft. So I wonder who's going to sign first. Who's going to set the market for the other guy. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Hey, you never know. It could be Tua. You never know. A guy could turn around new well, coaching. I think Cincinnati Bengals fans or the Cincinnati fucking owners will probably have to build a uh, practice a, facility. a practice facility before they sign Joe Burrow. It's so funny watching those videos they post on social media mid-season. It'll just be like, like they have like security and just like the basic fencing. And it's just like the guys have to literally walk from like the fucking stadium dressing room, like a kilometer to get to the practice field and across <laughs> the street. They have to shut down a street every day. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Another guy who can be in the talks for getting the highest paid players, Matthew Stafford, his contract's up in 2023. Oh, that's actually, that's a, that's, yeah. It's intriguing. Yeah. It might not be the long term, but it could be a couple year, two, three year deal, you know, because. Just- this year he's due to only make 12.5 million dollars yeah like we could see that one of those you know before the season even starts you know winning the super bowl maybe they get that extension going who knows i'm sure once free agency's done all that they could you know wrap some wrap a big bow on that present of a uh, extension making them the highest paid player all right so let's move on we got our next task here we got our next topic a big one here in westy's vision we're going to let him take charge first in here, but let me first say, if you got any thoughts so far on the show, any of the things that have happened in the NFL, go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Big Screen Sports. For Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport with no S, or email us at Big Screen Sports 2020 at gmail.com. That's Big Screen Sports 2020 at gmail.com. The newly named Washington Commanders have went out and made a blockbuster deal of their own to get the quarterback that many people know in the media of the NFL world uh, they've been looking for, whether it's through a draft or a massive trade. And they went, you know what, let's, let's break the bubble here. Let's break the headlines by going out to get Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Carson Wentz, the man himself, the walking, the walking injury, the next Ben Roethlisberger, as I like to call him, they go out and get uh, Carson Wentz from the Indianapolis Colts, uh, as well as their uh, 22, 2022 second round pick, uh, in exchange for Washington's 2022 second round and third round picks for both 2022 and 2023, as Adam Schefter reports. So, Westy, he's coming into your division, the NFC Beast. What are your thoughts on Carson Wentz seeing him twice a year in that division? Honestly, I'm excited because I know, like Gavin probably say, Carson Wentz is a very easy, predictable quarterback to you know play against. I mean, he led a team – with the Colts, I mean, to nine and eight, they, they lost the last two games of the season, embarrassing, embarrassing to the Jaguars to miss the playoffs. And and from what I've been hearing on Twitter is, is Carson Wentz is not a locker room guy. He's not a team guy. He just has terrible leadership, terrible attitude in that locker room. I mean, 
the Colts traded a first round pick to get him to Indianapolis and they trade him for a second and a six or was a second and a fourth or something like that away. I think that's the first time ever in NFL history that a team traded a first round pick to get, and then the following year they trade him away. So it's definitely interesting. I don't know how it will play out in Washington, but I'm excited for it. Gavin, what do you think? No, man, have him over. Come over to the uh, NFC East here. Um, Carson Wentz, welcome back, motherfucker. Good to see you again for two more, <laughs> two times a year, you little bitch, ginger fuck. No, no disrespect to all gingers <laughs> out there. I like you all, except for Carson Wentz, okay? Um, no, I'm kind of going off that too. Um, so Washington, so they start the offseason by contacting Kansas City to see if Patrick Mahomes was available. Uh, hell no. Then they reach out to the Seattle Seahawks to try to acquire Russell Wilson. Obviously, they did the Cognat trade. Now he's in Denver. And then they reach out to the Indianapolis Colts. Then they get Carson Wentz. So you're kind of just going down the pedestal there. Get, get Carson Wentz. Get your get your guy with no soul again. Love you all your gingers out there except for Carson Wentz. But welcome back to the NFC East, motherfucker. Yeah, Brisson, there's obviously this is Westy and Gav's division. This is their time to shine when you got a quarterback coming in like Carson Wentz. Just add a little bit more enjoyment to that division. But uh, there's a lot to impact here with Carson Wentz. He throws the worst interceptions of all time, and we enjoy it as fans. But uh, when you first saw this trade uh, come across your ticker, what was uh, a couple of the first things that you that you thought? I mean, I think that the value is about right. What what was the picks again? Was it a second and a fourth or a third and fourth? Something second like and a third. Second and a third. And that third can, is, is a conditional. If he plays X amount of snaps, it turns into a second. Yeah, like – I don't know. Like that's the value is probably right. If you told me that, like, I don't have this off the top of my head, but whatever the Eagles traded, traded Carson Wentz for, like they probably got a better loot in there. So you can see it's a depreciating asset and not just because he's getting older, just because he's not good. I'm pretty sure I've watched him like throw an interception this year. I don't even know if I can call it throwing, but it was on a shovel pass. Like <laughs> yeah. the guy is just a tire, like a walking, talking tire fire. I did also see that the Colts were, now this is going to be what their fifth year in a row with five different yep. quarterbacks. They also have, I saw another report that said that they were poking around pretty hard around Matthew Stafford when he was still in Detroit and the Rams ended up outbidding him. There you go. Like that's the, the Colts made a mistake. They tried to get the bargain brand Matthew Stafford and got fucked. So, I mean, you hate to see it, but you also love to see it. I guess if you're your two guys, it's he's, he's whatever he is. He's, I am not convinced that he's not the one that's married to Meghan Markle. That he was an MVP front runner <laughs> in 2017. Yep. Yeah. He was at one point of the season, he was the favorite to win MVP after he tore his ACL. That was pretty brutal. And then he walked off the field and was walking around every just on a tour ACL, which is on a different note, pretty, pretty tough. But um, I honestly don't know what to say right now. So Brock, let's go to you. Well, there's a few things here. Number one, let's give small props to Carson Wentz. Not saying I'm a Carson Wentz supporter. He did have a pretty decent year. He had 36. I had in the yards. ball to, jo- to to Jonathan Taylor all game. Yeah, 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Now, to be fair, those are probably some of the worst interceptions if you went back and watched the tape. Uh, but I think it, it's one of those. Let's not forget Carson Wentz and those that Colts team that many people in the NFL world called them contenders going into the playoffs. Uh, Keep in mind, they didn't make the playoffs because they lost the Jaguars and ultimately other teams came in and won the last week of the season to knock out the Colts. So that was an absolute dagger to lose the Jaguars and their playoff hopes. And let's also not forget, too, 
at Carson Wentz uh, and Frank Reich apparently are the two quarterback whisperer type people. They have a great relationship. And all of a sudden he's leaving the Colts uh, reading reports as well that uh, the Colts did not want to re-sign him due to lack of leadership and reckless style. I don't know what reckless style means. I'm sure they're talking about his left-handed interception throws on the goal line for pick sixes. But those are kind of things that if you're leaving a team that you have a lot of trust in with the coach that, you know, with the Eagles, he obviously, like Wesley said, had an MVP season. That's a lot to unpack going to a team with Ron Rivera. I'm not saying anything bad about Ron Rivera, but, you know, changing the scenery that much where you're leaving a guy you trust. I mean, that's just hard to imagine. So uh, that's kind of like Clayton Kershaw leaving the Dodgers, leaving his catcher AJLs back in the day just because, you know, they're not winning out there. But uh, poor analogy there. But uh, we got another topic here. Let's stick in the NFC. We got the Bears making one of the more questionable trades so far in the last seven to ten days here in NFL free agency trade deadline talk. Or not trade deadline, trade talk. Uh, the the uh, Chicago Bears trade all-star, all-pro Khalil Mack, uh, defensive lineman, defensive edge, whatever you want to call him, guy can do it all to those uh, Los Angeles Chargers in exchange for, and I'm not reading this wrong, a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. So the big thing here, obviously, before I let you boys go after it, is uh, that the Bears have to pay no, none of the salary to Mac, which is uh, a handsome full here. I, I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, the Chargers retain all of the salary, so I'm sure it's a big salary dump. Maybe the Bears are making some big moves here, but Gav, I'm going to start things with you first. I know it's a salary dump type of trade. Guys an all-pro, a couple draft picks. What were your thoughts on this trade when you saw it? Sure. Um, I'm going to kind of play both sides here. So looking at the trade, obviously it looks like that the Chargers went into the bank and just stole the money without a fight from the Chicago Bears. It looks like that the uh, the Chargers ripped them off. But uh, Cleo Mack has not had double-digit sacks in the last three seasons. So looking at that stat, the, the value kind of matches up there. I mean, he's such a high-priced name, though. Like, what what he could do. I mean, he's battling injuries so much. But a guy that has his power and, fuck, he can just rip through guys. I mean, it's pretty scary if you're fucking, if you're tackle, fucking facing that guy. No, that's The one that's thing about Cleo, sorry, the one thing about Cleo Mack that, that he does do, he's going to draw double teams all day. So he's going to open up a lot of spots for the other defender, like the other defenders on the Chargers. So, like, obviously, that's huge value there. And, like, don't get me wrong, Cleo Mack, great, he's a great player, great, great guy to have. So, in hindsight, that, that's a big addition for the Chargers, and I think this does put them over a top there in the AFC West. Well, I, obviously, you know, I picked the Chargers early on in the year, my uh, way-too-early Super Bowl contenders with Justin Herbert running things there. and That obviously poor, uh, aged poorly after they had a little streak in the middle. But, you know, you got a guy like Joey Bosa on the line who – I'm sure there's a guy on that line that's also quite good, but he's not Cleo Mack good. So it's kind of the J.J. Watt going to Arizona, in my opinion, with the whole Chandler Jones opening things up for him. And that's that's one of those things that, like you said, Wesley, there's not a lot of value there. But in the Chargers case, it's one of those they didn't have to give up much for a guy who may not be that impactful. Hopefully he stays healthy in their case. But all he's got to do sometimes is just be on that line with Joey Bosa and Joey Bosa can do the the majority of the work and, you know, let Mack takes more of the pressure. So. Uh, that's one of those that, you know, that Chargers defense got a lot better and they were a very good team last year. And uh, I think that was the right move for the Chargers in this, uh, you know, they're seeing moves like the Russell Wilson trade they needed to bol bolster up and they got a big name guy like Mac. Hopefully he stays healthy. 
Anything else on this uh, topic, boys? I just think it turned into an arms race in a hurry, to be honest. It seems like everyone is loading up for a goddamn beatdown. So it'll be an interesting year. You mentioned how it's like the cards went out and got J.J. Watt. I was thinking the same thing, um, basically, but with the Rams and Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. So just when you think about it by nature, if you can sack the quarterback on a drive, I would love to know what the first day, like what the percentage of them getting a next first down is because I would bet that it is astronomically low. So if you have someone that can get home, put pressure on a quarterback, like we saw that in the Super Bowl, I think Burrow was sacked, what, seven times? And that derailed seven drives. So it's it's interesting, I think. It, it Good good move, but you got to deal with the cap. But like we just talked about, the cap is a joke, and it's going up like a rocket. So Yeah, I'm pretty sure in uh, universities they should have a, a program dedicated to just figuring out what the salary cap means in the NFL because the dead cap, all that stuff, I'm obviously not the brightest guy. And none of us really are in here. We Maybe we're street smart in different ways, but that salary cap is very difficult to understand sometimes. And if teams can work around it in a way that uh, benefits their team, great. Good on you. I'm sure you guys are reading the books about salary cap as opposed to we are. So uh, moving on, we got a couple more topics. But before we do that, you got your thoughts on the AFC West division, some new trades coming into that division or any other uh, NFL talk that you want to share with us going into the 2023 season. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Big Screen Sports. Uh, for Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport. Go check us out. Share share the podcast with all your friends and family. We're trying to get as many views as we can. Let's get that number up to 60 for Sexy Rexy. Uh, Sexy Rexy, if you're listening to this, go do your part because you're dropping the ball a little bit. But let's get into it. One of the more intriguing topics that obviously isn't breaking headlines in terms of trades or free agency, but it's the Calvin Ridley gambling initiative let's talk about it Rasan, on to you all right fellas so the other big story that broke this week it was involving calvin ridley and to be honest he kind of made the news and then all hell broke loose elsewhere in the nfl so we worked backwards a little bit but trust me i think we saved the best for last year so calvin ridley uh i guess he got suspended a full year um i don't know if it was actually suspension or if he got commissioner banned for a year because i think they still have to let him back in somewhere if you break the the drugs and alcohol rules there so basically gets a gets a year off he claims he only bet 1500 bucks on some random nfl parlays and you know that cost him 11 million dollars worth of salary so that's a tough break for him tough break for falcons fans all over the place but you know i think this started a pretty good debate online um about a lot of things so the first thing that came to my mind when i heard this is like why do i gamble like and for everyone it's a little bit different i gamble i don't gamble a lot of money but i gamble enough that it makes it interesting i can be watching a stupid basketball game that i don't care about and i'll bet five dollars on the team or whatever and i magically care a little bit more about what's going on tv so that's why i do it i don't know why he did it he at the time was on i believe it was mental health leave from the nfl so he was on the injured list he was just away from the team for whatever reasons hope everything goes is okay there but you know, I think the guy was in, in a bad place and he made a bad decision. But with that being said, there was also teams inquiring to the Falcons about trading for Ridley at the time. And, you know, I, the Falcons did say no. They knew, I think, the investigation started February 8th, wasn't it? Something like that? Yeah. Somewhere like around that. there. They, they knew for long enough that they just said, we're not going to trade this guy because it's unethical. So props to them there, but... The first argument I saw coming around online is like, 
we'll talk about this one. We'll talk about the second one. So the first one I saw coming around was different punishments for different, different offenses. So this one was put out by a lot of people. Um, I want to see where you guys land on it. So basically people were juxtaposing what Calvin Ridley did bet $1,500 on a game that he was not involved in. He couldn't play it in. And he also bet on the Falcons in the East. So that's another layer to this, but, and then you have people that go out and domestically abuse their spouses or completely impact the thing on the game, like the Tom Brady suspension to flake gate, like, and they only got six games. So how do you, how do you figure out you're hitting the correct size nail with the correct size hammer and Westy, it looks like you're chopping at the bit. So, so what do you think? What do you think that they're wrong in handing out different suspensions or do you think? I think it was all about the money. I mean, I know he only bet 1500, but I feel like, Roger Goodell. Yes, he felt, says, let, let's clarify. He says he only bet $1,500. Clarify. That's if his... my girlfriend asked me how much my golf clubs were, they were a quarter of the price of what I bought. So, <laughs> true. But he's going to lose $11 million, as you said. So, I think it's more or less we're going to punish him that much money for betting that. I, I feel like a, a full season is, is too much for compared to other domestic abuse shit, which is very serious. But uh, I think the NFL is very hypocritical. I mean, the NFL is in bed with a lot of like gambling. Yeah, state. that's okay, that's the second part. We'll we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. So, so you're, you're you're saying like little nail? They hit it with a sledgehammer when it was a finishing nail, basically. Too big punishment for too little crime. Correct. Exactly. I think it should have been a monetary fine. I feel like if you find them that way, but then still allow them to play games, I feel like that would have been more suitable for the case. Yeah. No. That. Hey. That makes sense. Uh, Broccoli, what do you think? Yeah, so obviously I'm going to go – it's the same type type of topic. I'm going to go a little bit off sports here. Uh, because I am a person that watches way too much TV, uh, that's why I have a podcast with you gentlemen is because we're not scholarlies. We're sports scholarlies, I call it. But I watch a lot of TV. In the background one day was a TV show on Andy. Shout out Court Cam. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen that or not. Uh, again, it's in the background. There's people screaming, fighting each other. But one of the – one of the court – uh, dates and stuff like that. One of the sessions was there was a girl on trial, a lady on trial that was going to get life in prison because she forced one of her students who was obviously under the age of 18 to touch her breast. So that was a life, life in prison crime, right? That's a tough look, but this lawyer brought up a great point. And I think it directly relates to the whole Calvin Ridley severe suspension for the crime. Uh, she brought up a point that first degree murder in most cases in the state, I believe it was Texas. I could be wrong there. That first degree murder isn't even a life sentence. So uh, it's one of those that you can go and kill someone. You don't get life. You can obviously come out. And I think it was a 50 year sentence or something like that. So if you're a 20 year old that kills someone, you're out with 70. But if you let a young boy touch your breast in a classroom as a teacher, you get the chair, you get life. So uh, a little bit off the track there. I, I think the analogy speaks for itself though, with, the fact that Calvin Ridge, uh, Ridley allegedly spent only $1,500, gambled on his own team as well, and wasn't even on the field a part of it. So I I think it's one of those, yeah, I think it was a severe punishment. I know I went off the rails there, but that when you talked about the punishments and stuff, that was the first thing I thought of. Again, watch way too much. If, if we're going to justify gambling on sports by a year suspension, then I feel like we got to justify domestic violence and domestic abuse is the same. I mean, we can't just let – like the integrity of the game go to shit because one guy bet allegedly $1,500 while another guy fucking beats his own kid or wife. He gets two games. Yeah. And that's a very good point. Westy. I'll circle back to that in a sec, but Gab, I want to hear what your, your thoughts are 
about yeah no um we kind of all touched on it too like um what really did was wrong like every athlete knows you you can't bet on pro sports especially on your own sport being calvin ridley but i think we're all in consensus here what he got in terms of punishment for a year is too long yeah and i think that's where i sit so my biggest thing right here is Wes, you mentioned the word integrity, and I think that's crucial in this conversation because it plays on both sides, and you have to understand that. So the integrity of the game, that's what the NFL's job is to preserve. People gamble on it. People buy jerseys. People pay exorbitant amounts of money to sit in these seats, and they want to know what they're watching is is true. It's not fixed. That's why, like, I've never – that's why some sports fail is because they don't have that allure of anything can happen, and that's the, the saying is any given Sunday. That's what the NFL is. You have to show up. How many times we saw, was it the Jaguars beat the Bills 9-6 this year and nobody scored a touchdown? Yeah. Like, if you told me that would have happened at the beginning of the year, I would have been like, this is ridiculous. I'm not having this conversation. They were going to win by 50 and they ended up losing. The Bills did. But the integrity of the game is what the NFL is trying to protect. But I do think they gave him too long. I think that they should have given him a lengthy enough suspension and that it wasn't a year because this guy's now missing out on a lot of stuff in the prime of his career. And he, there was extenuating circumstances that had to be taken into account. It's not like he was playing, he was on mental health leave, but on the other side of the argument, you have the whole integrity of humanity, like people's dignity. You have people, you have NFL players committing crimes, pointing guns at people on Instagram videos, beating up their spouses, getting domestic, like, getting charged with anything under the sun and i'm not trying to generalize it but what my argument is here is that i think a six game suspension for beating up your spouse is significantly too low i think that they need to raise that bar and probably lower what they did to ridley because there are things like there's so much bad so much bad stuff that happens in this world and i think we can all agree that that stuff is wrong and needs to be punished stronger than it is in sports and what Ridley did, yes, the NFL, as we'll talk about in a sec, is speaking out of both sides of their mouth here, but you can't you can't just wreck a guy's career here. No, I think it's any fair, other like thoughts it, on that, fellas, or broccoli? Yeah, I think it's I think it's too long of a suspension. Uh it's one of those that uh I, I don't believe, like I said, a full year suspension. I, I believe he's allowed to appeal as well, but I, I don't think that you brought up a good point with domestic violence. Like you got to flip flop those, those crimes, right? It, I think it's one of those, the punishment fits the crime and does gambling on yourself really, really work out in that way where you're going to get a full year. Cause you gambled on your own team while you're away from the team and stuff like that. No, I mean, you know, all, things like that. So I, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Westy? No, I mean, yeah. What Matt said, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I mean, for betting allegedly $1,500, I, I just don't, don't see why you would want to take a whole year out of his whole career. I mean, we're, we're going to be looking back at this and be like, what really could have done in that year? Like he would have been the number one with Kyle Pitts on the other side, that team with Matt, Matty ice probably be in the, in the shit. But I mean, this team is going to be significantly worse, but pick up uh, Kyle Pitts because fantasy stock is going to go up. Yeah. I mean, with that being said, he does NFL players do get this lecture every year saying, do not fucking gamble. And he did it like 
his stupidity should not be his downfall, but he should be reprimanded for it. So I think that's a good, good transition to the next thing that I saw. Hold on real quick. Argument. I got one, I got one more thing on this because obviously, you know, the famous tweet of he spent 1500 on gambling and he lost out on $11 million, the worst, ga- the worst uh, sports gambling performance of all time. So I have a question for you, gentlemen, Gavin, I'm going to start with you. All right. Brock the boss Earl. He runs into some money, gets hit by a bus, you know, sues someone for slipping in the restaurant. He gets $11 million to share with you guys. I give you $11 million to gamble on one NFL future bet. If it wins, great. It pays out. If not, it's over. What is your one $11 million NFL future bet that you would put on uh, at this moment? Buffalo Bills to win the AFC next year. All right. The whole AFC is their division. Their whole AFC division. I like it. It's bold. $11 million is going for it all. Westy, what is your $11 million wager? Uh, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this. Uh, New York Giants to win the NFC East. Kiss well, out $11 million goodbye. <laughs> Brisson, what is your $11 million? And no, you cannot say Bengals going back to the Super Bowl. No, I was thinking more along the lines of a prop. Like, I was thinking comeback player of the year. But then I realized I don't remember when Chase Young got injured because I was going to say Chase Young, but if he's not back for the first game of the year, that's going to be trouble. Because like if you come Daniel out, Jones, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bisky to be the starting quarterback in oh, in that. New York, and Matt going off Chase Young, he got hurt pretty early, so I think he'll be good to go week one. Yeah, week so that's what I was thinking. I think that like he's incredible, and I like if he comes back and this Washington team is improved. Heaven forbid they get to whence happening, but like, yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be good. I think that that would be mine. Chase Young. What about you, Brock? Yeah, I, I think just staying on the topics we've been talking about. Uh, I know it's not a bet. I don't think you can bet, you know, for a team to lose in the divisional or championship round. But uh, I would, I would bet that the if there was such a bet, that the Packers make the playoffs, but they don't make it to the Super Bowl yet again. So uh, that would be one that I think would be. A good payout, but also would be one of those that I don't think it exists, but that would be fun. You think he gets, you think Rogers gets cocked again, eh? Yeah. Another good one too, and probably just because it's such an Aaron Rodgers thing to do, probably just to win MVP again. Like I know it's a low prop. I mean, he just won it, so it wouldn't be a big payout, but that's probably a, a sweeter guarantee. I mean, that's a guy who's won what four now. So, but yeah, I like my Packers not winning a playoff game or not making to the Super Bowl at least. How about uh total red zone? T- touchdowns over like on sunday there's a line for how many touchdowns there are in the a cool one. Yeah, yo, what one, sunday yeah. though what sunday would you want to sweat on an 11 million dollar bet on total <laughs> all, every zone? single sunday every single sunday seven hours of interrupted football total Dude, that, would be, that would just wreck like six months of your life straight yeah, but I mean that'd be a pretty wild eleven. You definitely feel bet. like you're fucking alive for those six. I months. feel like I feel yeah, like every, that's gonna be the best drug Brisson, ever. You, Brisson, like you talked about every single. Yeah, Brisson, you talked about how you would want to put five dollars on a random NBA game to get interested. Tell me that eleven million dollars every NFL red zone for an entire year of over touchdowns wouldn't be electric every Sunday. Like you said, seven hours of uninterrupted television coming at you. You're like, oh, there's another touchdown. Oh. There's another one. I can see. Could, I can yeah. see Wesley. You could be in doing the tick chart too. You know, just a little tick, 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 and then the fifth one, the swipe across. I could see you having a big notepad of that. Mattress Mac would love this right now. Yes, Mattress Mac <laughs> would love this. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Wesley, we're gonna we're gonna go things uh, a different direction. A bit of a story, a rumor 
Not sure how much of it is true, but Wesley, this is your team. There are rumors out there because quarterbacks are being traded and such. I believe he's still on the Buffalo Bills, but if it's a trader, if it's a free agent signing, if he is a free agent, that there's going to be a Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky battle in the quarterback room there in New York. What are your thoughts there on those rumors? And if you had to pick who's coming out of there and who would you rather prefer being the New York Giants starting quarterback? It makes total sense. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was spending last year in Buffalo with under with uh, Brian Dables and you know Joe Shane. Um, I feel like for the price to sign him out of free agency at ten million would be too much to take on as we're trying to save cap and try to you know make 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 some keep as much money as we can so we can continue to be a well-rounded team. I mean, I'm all for it for Mitch Trubisky coming over. It would, you know, put Daniel Jones in pressure and kind of make him make him be like, hey, I got to fucking prove it or I'm fucking out of here. So we did. We declined Daniel Jones fifth year option, which was like, I think, 20 something million. So this is Daniel Jones. It's either he's a fucking good quarterback or he's a shit quarterback. I hope he's a good quarterback because I love the guy, man. Guy's been working hard. He's the only guy that's been in the building every single day this whole offseason, still working out, still putting the work. So, I mean, this 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 team's going to be fucking fun to watch next year. I mean, that's the type of leader that you want in your locker room, a guy that's showing up every single day, putting the work in. Yeah, I have a question for you. We're going to change topics here because this is the NFL ha- uh, headline happy hour episode, so we got to keep things short and brief here because it is an hour show. But, yeah, we got your boy Jerry Jones here, the classic old you are my father type of uh, lawsuit. <laughs> Jerry Jones apparently has a, a young lady out there in the world that is suing – jerry jones uh for believing that he covered up the fact that he is her father big story out there what are your thoughts in uh in dim boys nation on this story yeah no so just like long story short with the situation so people who are listening don't quite know um so jerry jones reached a settlement with this family the mom and the daughter that he would pay I think it was 300 grand every year until her 21st birthday. And then she would receive another large sum of money on her 23rd, 26th and 28th birthday, ranging in the $300,000 range. Um, And funny enough, she's actually a reality um, TV star in Texas and uh, on the TV show. uh, Obviously she lives in a mansion and people always ask her, where'd you get her money? Um, She always said trust fund. Um, little did she, little did everyone know she's receiving that money from the Jerry Jones himself. Um, so the reason why Jerry Jones signed this settlement is because it was told to him that if he did so, this news would never come out that he could possibly be her father. So I know the courts are set to meet on the 31st of March, I believe. So we'll know more then. Um, then they're going to do a paternity, a paternity test and do that whole thing there. So obviously hearing all this numbers, $300,000 a year till you're 21, that's a lot of money. Gav, as the uh, Cowboys Nation insider here, do you believe that the Amari Cooper rumor out there has anything to do with uh, Jerry Jones getting a little financial trouble? He's got to cut ties with the team. He's got to keep a little money for that lady. <laughs> no, I think I think Jerry Jones uh, can shit out as much money as he wants. So yeah, <laughs> that's this, That guy flies his helicopter to the fucking AT&T Stadium. And it, it's named – it's. Named Jerry World for a reason. So I think, yeah, he like he he, he wipes his ass with uh, Benjamin, so he'll be okay. That's fair. Uh, Maddie Brisson, the last uh, story here, breaking news, uh, just to add it to the story. Uh, we have Amazon eyeing ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet as the Thursday night football analyst. 
What are your thoughts on that news story? Do you see Kirk come to the NFL? If so, who would you see and who would you want to see in the booth with him for Amazon Thursday Night Football? Honestly, I think that like Amazon's trying to do things different. That's why they're broadcasting on Amazon only. They're trying to like revolutionize the sports broadcast media is steal from someone else, their ideas and their broadcasters. Like I'm not nothing against Kirk Herbstreit, but like, fuck, give me a six pack of Miller lights and throw me in the booth. I'll say, I'll say some shit that people will be either loving or hating, but it'll be entertaining. And I think they, they, if I was them, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have offered it. I wouldn't have, I would have tried to get, get the broadcasting rights, even though they're worth so much money, but I would have tried to do things a little bit different and maybe you get some current players, maybe or former players, Tom Brady, how much would you have to pay Tom Brady? I know he says he doesn't want to do it, but money solves everything. So um, just a few things to kind of wrap up here on what Wesley said with Trubisky and Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones looks like a science nerd kid in junior high that got put in lockers by bullies that looked identical to Mitch Trubisky. Um, <laughs> and then as per Gav's Jerry Jones thing, uh, I don't think he has any worries about money. I'm not convinced that Jerry Jones is not Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars, so he will live forever. And <laughs> lightning out of his yeah. Fingers. Yeah, yeah, those are all great points. Uh, I think that's a great way to end the show here. Lots of NFL uh, headlines here in the NFL Headline Happy Hour show. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Before you do that, you want to join the show, join the boys here, talking a little NFL or any other sports-related things like our Sexy Rexy has sent emails in the past. Send your emails to bigscreensports2020 at gmail.com. That's bigscreensports2020 at gmail.com. Or check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok on all our social media platforms all of our burner accounts and everything associated with us. We're looking for one right now that we're trying to investigate, but we're, uh, we're on the case. So if you know anything about that story and the man behind the one following, which it happens to be big screen sports, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media. We will be on the case. No doubt. Appreciate actually Brock. I got an idea here. We need to do, we need to start a new segment. Just thought of this. It's going to be called a Rexy review. So he listens to every podcast. He gets to tell us, what the smartest thing someone said is and what the dumbest thing someone said is. And then we right. get to review it on the next podcast. Now, do we want one per one per person, like one each per person or just one in total? One, one. For I was just going to say one in total, but I mean, if he starts making a list of stupid things I say, then that's probably like 500 <laughs> words right there. Yeah. I'm sure he, he'll have to dig deep and decide it'll be, you know, an election type of uh, picking only one good thing and one bad thing on the show. Cause we have plenty of both. So. We appreciate you listening to the show. Thank you, Filter Not Include listeners. You're the greatest. Uh, tune in. We also have a potential special athlete we're going to bring on the podcast uh, next week. So feel free for that. We also have another podcast we're going to link up and collaborate with, who was a former big screen sports man himself. So tune in next week for the next podcast. We appreciate you listening. You guys are the greatest. Have a great night. I love all gingers. Peace out, guys. Bye. <laughs>